When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's up, y'all? This is Biddy from DGB. I'm here to put y'all up on game about Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a quick rundown. Now, basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Now, here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or the computer. So no matter what your setup is, you can start creating today. That means you can't make no excuses about you got to go on Amazon, get this microphone, get this certain camera. I need this and that. No, you can go right on Anchor, record today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify and any other places where you uh, listen to podcasts. Um, You can do that with a single tap. It's easy. Just record, click. Anchor is also the only place where you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. Now, with Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. All you got to do is go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what's your excuse, man? Get started. Like, now. It's your boy Chubby Baby. I just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove. All right, so we got Chubby Baby off the porch with us today. What's going on? Man, I'm feeling great, man. I'm happy you're here, man. So how are you <laughs> feeling today, man? Man, we, I woke up today, so that's great. Everything else I can deal with. Yep, I feel that, man. That's what's up, bro. All right, so we got a lot to dive into, man. So, But let's yeah. take it back to the Bronx. South Bronx. South right? Bronx. Yeah, so what was it like coming up in the South Bronx? Coming up in the South Bronx, man, you know, it was, it was an adventure. Really was like more of a, you know, I, got, I think life really like dealt with me early. You know, and I say that most of the baddest things that can happen to you happen to people when they're like older. Mine's happened to me when I was, like when I was young. So I dealt with grown people problems as a kid. Oh yeah. So that's what made me more advanced growing up in the Bronx, you know what I mean? Single home, you know, my mom raising me and my brother. You know, she did the best she could do, trying to keep us out of trouble, but when you're living in the projects in the South Bronx, Haiti Street, but once you get up the elevators, it's problems. Hmm. You know? 
10, 10 years old, I witnessed my brother get shot. And uh, he shot a guy. He shot him back five times while we was playing football. Oh, wow. And uh, I seen that at 10. Then, you know, at 30, when I was 13, you know, I had to go identify my brother. So I, I seen death at an early age. A lot, of, a lot of people in my neighborhood died early. So I was, I was accustomed to death early, you know, hustling early. 14 years old, hustling, you know, living a different kind of life, you know. So South Bronx taught me a lot of, a lot of good things and bad things, you know what I mean? But I embraced them both. Yeah. Because when I look at myself where I'm at today, and I, and I can just say all of it, 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 it panned out for me. Yeah, absolutely. It paid off here in the end. So yeah, man. Yeah, and yeah. you know, going to prison at sixteen. At sixteen? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I went to prison at sixteen, for two and a half years, eight one felony. You know, selling drugs, man. But I always knew I would be something. And in jail, I I I'm custom of, you know, my skills of being a people's person, and I was, I, I just loved the music before I even went to prison. So when I was in there, I was just sharpening up my, sharpening up my, my bars, and uh, told myself when I got out of prison that I was gonna go to another level. Did you focus on music right away when you came home? Yeah, I did. I actually did. I came home on parole, started rapping, and going down to 129th Street to vacant lot. Dame Grease really played a real major role in my music career. People don't know Dane Grease. Dane Grease really, you know, he's the guy that really helped Swiss become the producer he was in DMX, The Locks, Dragon, Eve, me. You know, them Evers right there, we was all at, 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 at Vacant Lot, Huntsway Night Street, just rapping. Cam, Jim wasn't rapping at the time. And we all would just be there and just a bunch of talent. And we all would go battle on 125th Street. <laughs> yeah front of the mark. Okay. But I, at that time, I didn't really, music was what I wanted to do, but my mind was still stuck on that paper. So it's crazy. I never talked about this story, but he's going to laugh at me if you ever see this interview. I remember my, my guy Ron took me downtown to meet Mark Pitts because Mark Pitts was going, Mark Pitts was actually starting a record company called Boston. But he had auditioned with a couple of people. I went there, killed it. He loved my swag. And I went out of town the next day on the Greyhound bus to Ohio. And he, my mom called me soon. I got there and said, this guy named Mark Pitts called. He, wants, he said he wants to give you a record deal. Hmm. I told my mom, I'll get back to him. And uh, I, never, I never went back to New York for, to pursue music. I was on my path hustling. <laughs> How would you end up in Ohio out of all places? Well, Ohio been a part of me and my me and my family, my guys from my neighborhood. That been a part of us from the beginning of time, since the '80s. My brother was out there, you know. My best friend Tony's father used to take us out there, so we was hustling that young man. I just wanted to stay on that path. Yeah. How did hustling in, in, in Ohio compare to back at home in New York? Oh, it was a whole nother level. My first day out there, man, got into a drive-by shooting. 
shit. I said, okay, it's my first time doing this. I'm at, I'm 19. I'm like, oh, no, I'm 18, matter of fact. I'm like, wow, that's what they do out here? So I had to custom real quick. And uh, Ohio was a major part of my life. You know, I met my, I met my wife there when I was 19. Um, and, that, you know, that, that place changed my life. I would never think that Ohio would be a, a staple in my career and my life the, the way it is and the way it was back then, but it really is. Yeah. You know, I'm grateful to even be able to be in that, in the Midwest like that. It taught me how to, taught me more how to be, of a, be more of a team player. Because growing up in the Bronx, you're more of a cutthroat. You know, you're for self. When I moved out there, you know, I got with my guys, man, my man Papa Joe. I love a guy's names I can't really talk about. But, you know, it was more of a, are we here? Do your thing. Just bring back the money. That's love. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cameron's getting in Ohio. I take it it was kind of about you? Or how, would, how did Cameron end yeah. up in Ohio? Was, I'm sure you, know, you was the connection. Me and Cameron, like, we brothers rest for life. We dip set for forever. Right? And it's just... At that time, we wasn't in the, in the we wasn't in the same space, and it was a little jab. Getting high, it was a little jab, but it was about me, and with little other lines in there, just people in the video that I didn't fuck with at the time. And he knew that would get me mad. Hmm. <laughs> but I love Cam, man. Me and Cam is brothers. If it wasn't for Cameron, I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I'm at. I wouldn't be right here right now. If it wasn't for Cam, I'd be in, I'd probably be doing 40, 50 years in the feds, or I'd be dead. So. I'm always grateful for Killer for, for seeing something in me I ain't seeing myself. I'm always grateful for Cam for, for taking me to every meeting with him, taking me in every room. Everywhere he went, I went. We were, just having, we were just some young kids having fun, and we was diplomats, but he was seasoning me for the bigger picture. And I took all them lessons and turned them into blessings. I feel that. You know, yeah. Touch It or Not, it's one of my biggest songs I ever did with Cam. Mm -hmm. One of these producers I've signed from Ohio, you know. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. I put him in the mix, got him some big records, Jewels, Lil Wayne. And I was like, at that point, I was just like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to start rapping. <laughs> then I jumped in, then I, then I, I dropped a record that you know, changed my life for forever, for real. You know that record. Oh yeah. Yeah. Classic, oh, yeah. man. So, so, 
Can't Feel My Face. Probably I was like, had more, more of the production on Can't Feel My Face at the time. And then uh, Joel's and Lil Wayne didn't put the project out. One of so the most anticipated albums man, that I never was, dropped. Man, I was about to be on the moon. <laughs> I was going to be on the moon when that shit came out. So we didn't put it out, but we had some dope-ass records from it. Welcome to the Bad Side. Remember that? Joel's and Lil Wayne, welcome to the Bad Side. Mm -hmm. That shit was crazy. Then Lena Lowe. Lena Lowe was like a fucking smash. That was another smash. big one, yep. You know what I mean? Uh, shout out to Trey Beats. That was the 25th beat on his CD. I was living in Miami. And I was just living life, 2005. And I was just about to take his CD and throw it out the window. <laughs> I said, this fucking beat is trash. And I was on a, I got a phone call. You know how you're on the phone, you're talking? And then I heard, lean it, lean it, lean it, lean it. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm going to call you right back. I said, whoa, this is it. So I called Lil Wayne. I said, yo, Wayne, this fucking track is fucking bananas. He's like... You know, send it to me, email. You know, back then it was email. Mm -hmm. Email it to him. Calls me to the studio. It's like, yo, we about to use this for the project. But we never used it. So Wayne was just like, yo, man, I think you should just drop a song. So I came with this line. I said, if I'm going to do a song with Jewels and Wheezy, who the fuck am I? I mean, behind the scenes, I'm chubby. But the world's about to know. This is 2006, 2007, Wayne. I, I'm like, I just gave him that line. It's Chubby Baby, <laughs> drop top Mercedes, haircut wavy, the black Patrick Swayze. When I did that line, getting this money like it was the 80s. Everything good, everything gravy. And then, poof, it fucking went bananas from there. And that's how Chubby Baby was born. Okay. Because my, my guys, they all call me Chubbs. Chubby the Don. So you didn't even have a rap name. No, I was, I was in a different lane. <laughs> I didn't even want to do videos. Cam's always, Cam forced me to do the, um, the Disney Anthem video. Oh, yeah. I was rolling dice with Dame and him. We was over there trying to rob Aviani for all them diamonds he brought to the video shoot. <laughs> I wasn't fucking thinking about getting in the video. And if you see the video, I was... I was, I was way heavier, but I had a lot of fucking jewelry on. So, you know, you go back and look at my, my pictures and my throwbacks, man. I always had fucking jewelry. I loved it. I always wanted to hustle to win Rolexes at 15 years old, man. That's changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I got to ask you about words to my mother, man. This is one of the futures. I think, you, I, I think before you get to word to my mother, right? Yeah. I think you, you're jumping past her. Uh, era of my career that's very important to me is uh, when I moved to Atlanta um, I was ready to stop doing music but me and Jim Jones you know we, we super tight so we start doing records running around and we did a went to Miami we did balling had franchise boys on the record Parlay told that story about yeah, how they I said, were on. Jim, this record is just too big. Me, Max B, and God bless the dead, stack bundles. Us four, we're sitting in, this, we're sitting in Jim's um, house, matter of fact. And I said, take them off. Took them off. Went to New York. Matter of fact, we was in Atlanta when we said that. 
Got to New York, Jim did another verse, went to New York. Gave it to Flex. But in the midst of that, we met, we did two records that changed everything for me. You know how somebody does a feature and you think it's benefiting them? But it really benefited me, just being in the room. We did Walk It Out and Throw Some D's remix. Okay. So we met Polo the Don. In the midst of me and Polo the Don, I, like me and Jim, Jim left, went back to New York. I, I would say I would go to the studio with Polo every day. But in the midst of that, Jim was getting hot. He did a feature with Rocco. Me and Rocco got cool. So now this is, the story gets interesting. So now, Polo, I'm going to the studio every day. And this is for everybody that wants to do music and they want, they want the roses delivered to them. They don't want to grow them. Remember when, Mark, when I said this, yeah, I want y'all roses delivered to y'all, but you don't want to grow them. When I say that, Polo and I, I probably went to his studio for six months straight. Man, I'm broke at this time. I'm spent all my money. Famous, broke. Not a good combination. So, 6.58 in the morning, they, they got this song called Turning Me On for Kerry Houston. I'm listening to it. It's crazy. Polo says the magic word. He says, I wish I could get Lil Wayne to do this song. I said, sure. He said, yeah, I wish. I walk out of the room. I call Wayne. <laughs> Yo, man, with this nigga named Polo the Don, I need you to do this fucking song. They're going to pay you. He's the biggest producer right now. He said, put him on the phone. I got you, big bro. Go in there, pass phone, pass Polo the phone. I said, here's Lil Wayne. He looked at me like, are you fucking kidding me? Little Wayne. Wayne says, yo, you got my brother in there. Send me the song, I'm gonna do it right now. Polo drops the phone. He's like, he's scrambling now. I'm like, pick the phone up. Polo picks the phone up, tell him, send the song. Wayne does the verse, kills it. Polo says, I don't like the last four bars. My heart drops. Oh, I'm like, you can make him do it over? He said, yeah, he got to. He sends it back. Wayne does it over. <laughs> sends it back. Polo says, yo, what I got to do, man? I'll give you 25000 for doing this. I'm, a, I'm smart. I says, 25000 that's cool. I said, but you ain't got to pay me twenty five. He said, what? I said, you can just give me a job. Let me work for your company. Because you're going to need stuff like this all the time, man. Obviously, you don't got the connections I got. And you're going to need Baby and Slim to clear the song. His eyes got big. He said, you're right. Hire me. And when I got to Zone 4, I just went in a fucking zone. Next song I did, I put Lil Wayne on Drop It Low for Esther Dean. Put Jewels and Chris Brown together to do Back to the Crib. Got Jeezy to do In the Club, which was a big-ass song for Usher. Put fucking uh, Gucci Man on Spotlight for Polo. He didn't even like Polo at the time because Polo was fucking with Jeezy and they, they had their shit going on. And then uh, I put Gucci on, I think I love him. And that shit was a classic. Mm-hmm. With Esther Dean, yeah. Fucking classic. And in the mix of that, man, we got so crazy. I was so, the, the industry knew what I was doing for Polo at the time, it was so crazy that they knew I was his go-to guy, right? And probably a million other shits I done did that 
you know, there's no need to really talk about. But in the midst of that, Jimmy Iovine tried to give me a deal. Told me to leave Polo. Offered me a million dollars. I said, but I work with Polo. He said, I want you to work for me. Him and Puff. Puff is sitting there. I'm sitting there. I told Jimmy Iovine no. Told him no. Puff looked at me and said, man, you a crazy motherfucker. Two weeks later, Puff cut me one of the biggest Ciroc deal checks ever. And I've been a Ciroc boy ever since then to now. But in the midst of that, I got cool with Rocco. And then uh, everybody know Chubby's moving around. Rocco, we doing swag season. Me and, Co me and Coach K is in Rocco's corner. And uh, in the midst of that, uh, I would see Future. Well, we well, we'll see each other. Then we go to the studio. Rocco will always be late. Me and Future have that little six to nine. Rocco always come at nine o'clock. And we just use his time to record. You know what I'm saying? And then we just got cool. Like, and uh, he was telling me, like, I should manage him. I was just like, oh, I ain't into the management stuff. Like, nah. I was trying to be an artist at the time, too. I was like, yo, be chubby baby. I'm like, the streets is fucking with me. I'm in my zone. And then one day we bumped into each other at this restaurant, me and my wife, him and Esco. And me and Esco was more tighter. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Esco was like, What's up, man? Let's get to work, man. So I went by the studio. I went, there, I went over to, um, what is the Outcast studio? Over at Stangonia. Stangonia. I went to Stangonia, man, and Future Press Play, man. When he pressed play, this was like, this, these was the songs. 1,000 was just ready. It was out. And then I was like, yo. Because mind you, I did sound, oh yeah, I, I broke the deal with sound Roscoe Dash. So I understood what the sound was going. Off the Roscoe Dash situation with me at LA the Bullman, TA and Polo. But Future was just more cooler. He was in that, I'm like, the auto tune don't sound like T-Pain, don't sound like Roscoe. It sounded street. And I was just like, yo. So Future with me just got tight. We did about five, six songs. And he came over to my studio one day and was like, yo, we need to do some shit. Like some shit that's going to go up in New York. Crazy. I was like, what you got? So I produced some Mills at the time. He did the beat. Man, I gave, put that beat up. Word to that my That shit mother. is so hard. Man, man, that shit was hard. And we shot the video. And I didn't know, we didn't know we was making history together. <laughs> Nobody, we, you know, when you're making history, you don't know it's you're making history. Because you're just in it. And uh, me and Future just went on a, you know, I don't, I didn't say I managed them. That's an understatement. That's like, that's, that's what you do for somebody that you're just working with. That, that, shit, we, that shit we got and what we did was a, was a real brotherhood. It's like my big brother is overseeing my career for me. My big brother is making sure I meet the right people. I'm in the right rooms. My big brother's gonna make sure I understand who these people are before I even talk to them. 
and that 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 run right there was crazy. Yeah. Millions. Millions in the kitchen is one of my lines, and that shit came up because when I was in the streets, I made millions in the kitchen, and when I got in the music business, I made millions in the kitchen too. So, me and Future did a lot of legendary things, man. So, L.A. Reid just gave us the shout out to L.A. man, gave us the L.U. But after that little era, I just wanted to get. I felt like I wanted to touch more artists. I felt I was bigger. And my responsibility for the game was what was was not being utilized the right way. So I took like me and Future took a little break. I didn't want to manage no more. I just wanted to just do me. Took a little break, and then after that, I got a phone call. It's crazy. I never told nobody this, but when I did that, I was about to go work at the hospital. I got a job at the at the hospital, cause I'm smart. I'm like, yo, look, I got my money put up, and I'm like, I don't want to spend my money. So what I'm going to do? I'm going to go get a job, and I'm going to continue to do parties. Hmm. And that, in the midst of that, let me rewind one day. I did how I blew my my my, my brand up. I did parties with Alex, AG Entertainment. But what I did that was smart is I utilized my relationship. Alex had the money. I had the artists, so I brought him Little Wayne, Drake. I mean, you fucking name it. And then the the, kill, the the biggest thing I did was, I was the me and Rich Paul was the first to do all of all LeBron parties. And the LeBron parties was so good. I was making so much money. LeBron, I love you forever. Rich, I love ya. Legendary, legendary parties we did, man. From the from the Cavs to the Heat. And uh, growing up in Ohio, I met, I met LeBron in Ohio. My man Buck, you know, he lived right next door to my guy Buck. My guy Buck was a real certified, accurate Ohio trap star. Just lived next door to LeBron. Told me, you know, come meet my boy, my young boy high school game. I get there, I see Jay-Z. Wow. <laughs> what the fuck is Jay-Z doing? <laughs> he said, he's game. coming to see my guy. Yo, met LeBron, man, we dapped up, we vibed out, him and his squad. He was just like, yo, man, I get on, come to the, you know, come to, come to Cleveland. I remember he, once he got that deal, signed that contract, I went up to uh, Cleveland. Like we balled out for three days. And I was a Dipset member at that time anyway, so I was like, I always been famous. So that all worked out. Yeah. But I did, I was about to work in the hospital. I never told anybody that. So what made you change your mind? Fucking Ray Daniels, man, and Breon Prescott. I got the job, I was supposed to, I got the job on a Monday, I was supposed to start on a Thursday. I get a call. Breon like, yo, yo, did Ray, you speak to Ray? I said, nah. Ray calls me, what the fuck, y'all blowing my damn phone up? They're like, yo, bro, we gotta go to New York. I said, Ray, I got a job tomorrow. It's Wednesday. I said, I'm going to work tomorrow. He said, only work you're doing is on a plane. <laughs> I said, for what? He said, the L.A. Reed's office. I said, I don't wanna go talk to L.A. He said, I don't care. 
If I don't bring you, I'm fired. All right. So get on the plane. <laughs> go, go see L.A. Sitting outside. Everybody's looking at me like he's here. You know how you're walking down the hall, like, everybody's just staring. I'm just feeling like, does everybody know I'm here? Very <laughs> like, yes. Everybody's just looking like, but I don't understand. But I should understand, but I don't understand. They're like, that's Future's guy, Chubby. So I sit down, a little nervous, because I'm like, Awkward. I never, I never came in the building on this side before. Last time I was in L.A., when me and Cam did a deal, Joel's, and then when Future did his deal. But now he wants, he wants me to come on this side with him. So they said he's ready. <laughs> L.A., man. L.A. is a, a, a different kind of guy, man. I go in his office. Man is sitting there with his leg crossed. And I said, what's up, man? I said, what up? He said, you about to give the game up? I said, L.A., man, I'm just not inspired. So I, wanna, I said, I'm going to stay in the, film, in the field of helping people out. He says, what you about to do? I said, I'm about to go work at the hospital. He said, no, no, no. He said, you're not leaving here until you give me a, di- uh, a number. Because I need you. And I need you to make this offer quick. He said, I'm going to go use the restroom. He said, napkin and a pen. Write down three salaries. I don't care what they are. And when I get back, I want this napkin with something in it. I was like, cool. So I'm like, what the fuck? And it's crazy. LA has all these books. Frankers in his office. His office looked like a fucking living room. Like the most expensive living room you ever seen. And I just looked at the, this big ass Louis Vuitton book. I said, you are Louis Vuitton. If you want people to respect you, they ain't gonna respect you if you're coming in cheap. So think high. Now I wrote three fucking numbers down. That motherfucker came back in there. He looked at it. He looked at me. He looked at it again. He said, he circled it. Passed it back. He circled A and B. He said, I put both of them together. Are you in? I said, yeah. He said, welcome to Epic Records. He said, go downstairs and go get a $50,000 bonus. Take your family on vacation. I'll see you in two weeks. Let's get to work. I went to Epic Records and did 47 million records. Got four Grammys, maybe five in two and a half years. Signed 21 Savage, Cody Shane. Broke a Rick Ross deal over there. Put 21 on Khaled's album. That got him to do the single with Cardi B. Put Future on So Cold Remix with Maroon 5. I mean, I went over there and did some shit. So the money that the LA gave me was worth it. And then when he left, I left too. Okay. Is that when you started your own? Uh... No, I went to Hitco, LA. Okay, you went to Hitco, all right. Yeah, I went to Hitco, LA. That was a, that we, 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 I mean, if you rocking with somebody, you. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? 
and a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Got to rock with him. You got to stay with him. So me and L.A. just rocked out with the hit code. Sound DJ Holiday, uh, Coco Vango, Light Skin Keisha. And then they had St. John. And the first day we met in Vegas, we locked in. Talent knows talent. And I just told L.A. I was like, I want to do his project. And we did the project with Roses, all them records on there, Collection One. We, did, we worked on a bunch of different songs. Trap, put Lil Baby on Trap, Meek on one of the other records, uh, A Boogie. You know, he worked, he worked with uh, Lenny Kravis. And then uh, when I, I decided to do my own label, I left Hicko. When I left Hicko, um, St. John, it wasn't, him and Biggs wasn't with it. So they brought me under the management team. So I started co-managing them. And then, look, look today. Four weeks ago, you won two Grammys. Mm-hmm. It was number one on Billboard, right? Number one on Billboard, yeah. Yep. So, I don't miss. <laughs> <laughs> the moral of the story is, man, I follow my gut feeling. I don't miss. And uh, a lot, I, I see a lot of people out there, you know, portraying as managers, portraying as A&Rs. Those titles, they're just titles. But you really can beat them titles if you really want to be an A&R or a manager. You got to really put the work in and sacrifice. So now here I am. I'll go back to ground zero, start my company from scratch, and I'm on another path of greatness. So I'm, that's the path I'm on right now. Just trying to see if, if I could do it again. I'm very confident that I can. First artist that I'm breaking is Casper. Casper Bluff, he's from the Bluff. I found him at a Waffle House, and that's ain't our work. I mean, two years ago, nobody knew him for real, unless they knew him. But now he can't even walk in the mall. It starts in your own city, so I feel like I'm doing my part, and I'm and I'm, I'm up for the challenge of this new era, the digital era. You know, I signed, I got a, f- a few new artists, and I'm just gonna take it day by day and give each artist the energy they need to get to the next level. In the midst of that, got songwriters. You know, we st- still still getting number one records like Heat, Chris Brown and Gunna. So my writing team is killing shit. A lot of new stuff in the pipeline with Beyonce, you know, SZA, St. John. Man, so much heat on the way. So I feel like I wanted to come on the porch off the porch, excuse me. So I feel like I wanted to come on off the porch to tell people the story because a lot of people don't know what I do. And uh, it's just time for me to just let people understand what I do. And you do it very well. <laughs> yeah, the, the guy behind the scenes. Yeah. What are some qualities you look for in an artist if you work or work if you are going to sign Work ethic. If you fuck with me, you got to have a work ethic. If you're waiting for me, then you ain't like, you gonna always be waiting. Cause I feel like, what, what am I learning from you? And I'm telling every artist this, so even the artist that's on my label, 
I can't learn from you if you ain't giving me nothing to learn, to see. I can't learn from you. But if you're doing stuff, that inspires me. It's like, all right, let's say this. You could go to the strip club, right? The baddest girl in there, if she ain't trying to come in your section and shake her ass in front of you, you ain't gonna go out your section and go find her to do it. You're like, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking good. You know I'm looking good over here. You know, you know you need to be over here with all this money flying. But if you don't come over here, then you just don't get nothing. And the same with artists. If you don't work, then you just don't get a shot. I want to be confident about artists. Like, I look at artists' hair, how their face structure is, how they dress. I can look at I can look at artists and see if they how they look with a chain and a watch on, or if you don't need it. That's just a talent that I've been blessed with. It's like going shopping. You gotta know your shoes, you gotta know your clothes. You gotta know your women. If I pick a girl artist, she gotta be bad. This is my preference. Or if you ain't, if she ain't bad, then her voice has gotta touch your soul. What's the connection? That's what I look for. What's gonna be your connection? What's your story? So that's what I look for. What's been some of your keys to maintaining these good relationships that you have throughout these years? Just always being straight up. Not being a fucking liar. Not telling people some shit that you know ain't the, ain't the truth, man. I'm an artist. I'm always going to be an artist until the day I die. So artists are emotional. So if you lie to them, they're going to take that lie harder than anything. So that's, a, that's how I look at life. Any relationship, just be straight up in it. It costs you nothing to lie. A lie gonna last, so it's like a never ending story. And one day you're gonna get caught in that lie. Then everything you stand for is down the drain. So everything I work hard for, I can never let a stranger come into my situation or in my life and take that away from me. Because I protect it with my life. What inspires you to keep going today? My kids, my wife, and myself, and my people that's around me. You know what it is when you walk in a room and people look at you and they believe that you can change their life? Because they look at all the other lives that you change. So I don't like to let people down. I don't quit on people. Only I'm going to quit on you if you quit on yourself. So that inspires me, to dream in another person's dream. Your dream means more to me than my dream means to me now, because I'm living my dream. So, that's yeah. it. Yeah. What's next, Chubby? Now, what's next, a whole lot of hits. I'm trying to just build a new regime, and uh, I want to be back on the fucking top. So to get to the top is, I'm just, you just got to work extra hard and think, think way out the box. Are you looking for any A&Rs to hire or to mentor? Of course. I just, I just got one new guy. I think he's amazing. And uh, I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking because I need to learn from the new guys. 
I'm always down. If y'all know somebody that want to reach out, yeah, bring them to me. I, I, I looked out for Spitty when he was young. You know, before I knew what a dirty gloves passes was, any of that, just, he was a digital kid. I told Future, like, yo, we need to hire him. I fucked with him. And Ray Daniels introduced me to Spitty. So that's why I'm here today, because Spitty does so much, did so much for me, and uh, I owe him this. So if I did any, any interview first, I promised Spitty months ago I would do interview with him first. Appreciate that, bro. And I kept my word. Yep. I love you, Spitty, my brother. Any shout-outs before we wrap it up, Chubby? I'm sure there's a million people, man. Man, I just want to shout-out my family, my awesome life squad, and you guys for doing this for me. Appreciate all you guys. Believe in God and just always aim high. Sky's the limit. Nobody can stop your blessings but yourself. So everybody that's listening, I'm a kid from the South Bronx that came up with nothing and gained a whole lot of every fucking thing. So you can do the same. Just keep dreaming, keep believing, and keep working. So pay me like a pussy and you gonna hit the dick. Word to my mother, I bring that Rari out. Word to my mother. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.